0: You're listening to the track To the East Coast by Kaixin Dao. is the musical project of Kristen Ng, who has been touring Aotearoa this summer in support of her beat-filled album Homeland. Bridging Aotearoa and China's musical undergrounds, Kristen is born and raised, but home for Kristen Ng for the past 10 years has been Chengdu, capital of China's southwestern Sichuan province. Chengdu has been described as a hotbed for an energetic Chinese club culture, with this artist, producer and writer near its centre. Ng has worked with the key venue New Space and as, as a co-facilitator of Chengdu Community Radio. She's also been the rare bridge between the music scenes uh, of Aotearoa and China, the blog Kiwis for many years and touring numerous altero musicians throughout China. Mark Amory caught up with Kristen while on tour.
1: Well, Kia ora, Kristen. We're listening to a check from your Dao album, Homeland. It's called To the East Coast. And the album cover uh, features, I think it's your grandparents.
2: There's a story here, right? That's right. That photo is really special because... It's of my grandparents, so that's my pōpō and my gunggung, who lived up on the east coast uh, in Gisborne. It was taken in Christmas time, I believe, by my cousin, who had just been given this old camera, her Christmas present. And she just managed to snap this photo of them <laughs> just as we were leaving. So it's a, yeah, it's a really special image to me.
1: So to the East Coast, was this sort of a time you'd do in the holiday season? Or, and what, what, what was special to you about your grandparents?
2: Yeah, going to the East Coast was a bit of a summer tradition for us when we were kids um, to drive up from Wellington to Gisborne and, and go see the grandparents. And we have a lot of whānau up there. And it was kind of a, um, a special way for the family to come together and eat lots of food and yeah my, my grandparents are really special to me. they were the my mother's parents so my maternal grandparents yeah um, and they were actually the only grandparents I got to know um, growing up unfortunately, my paternal grandparents passed away before I was born but yeah, going to the east Coast was always a lot of fun to see them, um, particularly my grandma, who just loved food and had a really big laugh. And
1: and was that a big co- connection to your Chinese
2: culture and ancestry? Yeah, I mean, they were uh, originally from Guangdong in southern China, more specifically Taishan, a village in southern China. And they had been based in Gisborne where they had their all their kids. And yeah, I wanted that track to be the first track on the album because to me it is about going to the homeland which for us i guess is China if you think about our ancestry and you know where our tupuna are from but in a way it was also Gisborne that was the kind of heartland of fano for but us but when
1: you when you're, you know you've you've toured in um in China with this album i mean when you're there i guess it's speaking to Aotearoa right it's this kind of connector through so the homeland does shift between the two, maybe?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when I was making the album, Homeland, I was thinking of it in two ways. Like One was Homeland as far as your ancestral homeland and where your tūpuna are from, and where you consider home, uh, where I consider home, which has always been New Zealand, Aotearoa, and, of course, China, which is where my ancestors are from, But I was creating this album during COVID, which was a really hectic time for everyone. Yeah. I recorded it all at home um, in my flat in Chengdu. And I think that sense of like the home space and living room and, you know, Walking around the kitchen in the living room over and over again, that really <laughs> seeped into the idea as well.
1: There's a lovely description. I mean, Kai Shangdale, the, the name, your name, your artist name, I think means machete, which seems to kind of connect to the music. There's, there's a lovely um, description you've got of chopped platters serving percussive microaggressions, distorted audio residue and beat up guitars in the boot. Uh, I think you're a guitarist, as I'm understanding. Overlapping timelines, birds in flight, slow-burning fires. It's a lovely way of putting. Do you have a description for the music in terms of its genre? I mean, there's, there's obviously an ambient sense, sense to it, but you know, does it fit within a certain genre in terms of what you're doing in China?
2: I think more broadly it just belongs to the electronic music world. I create it using synthesizer and a sampler and a drum machine. And I also added uh, electric guitar riffs um, on top of that, um, particularly to the East Coast, the first track. But it's it's a project that kind of came from performing live and playing in spaces where perhaps bands would also be performing. Um, Now it's kind of geared more towards the clubs. Mm. It's kind of appearing more in... um, clubs and bars rather than live, live houses, as we call them in China.
1: So you're touring here at the moment, but you've toured through, I think, 20, after 2021 when it came out in, in China. That sounded like a pretty crazy adventure. 18 shows, four months. Where did you go?
2: Yeah, the China tour was pretty massive. It was actually 20 shows in the end. <laughs> um, and it went all the way from Chengdu, my kind of adopted hometown, to Inner Mongolia, Uh, above Beijing, and it went all the way down the eastern seaboard through Shanghai, Hangzhou, uh, and right down to uh, Guangdong, which is, yeah.
1: Is that common for musicians to travel around
2: that much? I don't think it's as common for electronic musicians, but I was really inspired by bands like High Person and Stolen, who are from Chengdu, who do these massive tours and Of course, PK-14, who are kind of the pioneers of the Chinese version of the kind of (laughs) get-in-the-van style Ah, of touring.
1: Who who are they? Is that like a punk band?
2: Yeah, Yeah, PK-14 are a post-punk band. Um, uh, They're originally from Nanjing, and they have really inspired, I think, a new generation of bands, uh, post-punk bands in China. Um, There's an awesome documentary about it on YouTube, actually, which will actually be screening at the Pyramid Club Ah. uh, in a few weeks' time.
1: Ah, okay, great. Well, we'll put a link to that on a, on our webpage. I mean, I was just really interested to talk to you about this whole scene. Before we do, you, you dropped in the words there, Mongolia, and I can understand you were even playing, like, around the campfires there. What's it like? We have this kind of image of just vast grasslands with Mongolia. We don't really think about music.
2: For sure. I think, yeah, Mongolia was a really interesting place because I've been there a couple of times on previous tours with um, the All-Seeing Hand. and mm, From pornicky from Wellington. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the people there are just so warm and friendly. Um, They just take you in, feed you, (laughs) you know, they're absolutely lovely, lovely people. And some of the venues out there, they've got are just massive. Uh, And it's kind of unbelievable to think that, (laughs) you know, small bands and small artists from Porneke could end up playing in these like one thousand capacity venues. Wow. Of course we only had like twenty people there or <laughs> something. But um yeah, it's it's a really interesting place. It's very unique.
1: Now Chengdu, you, you I mean you've been in I think you've been in China for about ten years, is that right? Uh, studying originally Beijing, but they're moving there. I'm really interested to know more about the scene there or what drew you to
2: staying in Chengdu. It sounds like a really interesting place. I think, yeah, Chengdu Chengdu is uh, the capital of Sichuan province, so it's quite close to um, Tibet. And it's also the home of pandas. So, Ah. yeah. Home of great food. Home of great food as well. (laughs) Um, It's a really spicy province. I think the culture is really centred around this concept of schwa, which is um, to have fun,
0: mm.
2: um, leisure. So that's, you know, really, really evident in the way that people live their lives there. I think there's a lot of um, hustle and bustle in the bigger cities like Beijing and Shanghai. And I lived in Beijing um, for a year when I was studying uh, Mandarin. And Chengdu has just got this different vibe about it. It's just got this different pace. People are taking their time, you know, people are playing mahjong, dancing in the street, and the young people too, they love to go out and party, go to gigs. So, yeah, I like the energy of it.
1: And you spent some years running a helping run a space there, a new space, I think. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like there's quite, and, and I know there's been enormous changes, It's the pace of, of life changing of urbanisation in China is crazy. But this club scene just sounds like it just kind of evolves around all of that and just finds space.
2: I think there's definitely been a shift from the live houses, those kind of band spaces, towards the club spaces, um, particularly in the past few years. I think one of those reasons is the club scene, you don't need to apply for a permit, performance permit, Ah. whereas in the live spaces you do. How come? Um, I think they... Because there's no lyrics, there's no kind of performative element of like, this is my original song, these are my words. Ah. So it can kind of just be considered, you know, music, background music, lyricless music.
1: So the Chinese authorities might be happier, they feel safer with just a kind of an abstract sound compared to something that might be a sort of agitprop, kind of political message.
2: I think that seems to be the case. So far, so good. Let's not jinx it. (laughs) But for myself anyway, I've noticed myself performing in club spaces a lot more than performing in live house spaces like New Space, um, as you mentioned. Um, and a lot of artists who were previously playing in bands have actually turned to electronic music as well as an alternate um, you know, form of expression because, yeah, it is just a lot easier to kind of get past the senses.
1: And what sort of spaces do things pop up? And I mean, do they literally pop up? Is it kind of like a rave scene still there that kind of just emerges when you least expect it?
2: I think the major cities, they all have a network of clubs that have been going for several years. In Chandu, we're lucky to have um, several clubs, TAG and um, AXIS as well. And I think like everywhere in the world, there's been a lot of venues that have closed down um, over COVID, a lot of the smaller spaces and DIY spaces, which is really, it's really sad. But I guess now we're starting to see people doing things in alternate spaces as well, outdoor spaces, because we're all trying to take care of ourselves a bit more, I think, these days.
1: I mean, you, you. I think you grew up here in Wellington, and what the music scene around the two thousands and so forth—it's uh, an exciting time in its own. I mean, I guess I, I feel that people don't have an—we don't have an impression of what that scene might be like. That there is an energy in China that is young and is kind of underground as well. Is that what you feel plugged into there?
2: I do. I think the interesting thing about China is that you know there's so many millions of people there and so many millions of young people that could be you know going to these gigs or being interested in these types of music but it's almost like despite the size of the city the kind of size of the underground is still the same mm-hmm. as a place like New Zealand For example, here in New Zealand, playing in a place like Palmerston North, you know, tiny, tiny little space at this awesome venue called Snails. Yeah, props Um, to them. Artist run space, absolute props to them. And, you know, there was like 50 people there. That could be the same in a city like Chandu, which has got 20 million people. You still might get 50 people at the gig. So, you know, it's an interesting kind of scale.
1: Uh, Pre-COVID, you were helping organise some incredible tours over there. I mean, the one that you've got a you've made a documentary about, which we'll link to, about Orchestra of Spheres. That was like eight cities over two weeks, crazy. And I see like Woom, who went through another Ponaki band. You know, with video artists like Laura Duffy and Christopher Latupu, really great artists. These are really quite extraordinary tours. That, I mean, you wouldn't even see in New Zealand. Did Um, That must have been quite an experience.
2: Yeah, it was an amazing (laughs) experience. I've had the pleasure of touring, yeah, Orchestra of Spheres, The All-Seeing Hand, Womb, and every time – New artist comes over. It's just it gives me a really refreshing perspective. What's on the China what's the well. rea-
1: what's the reaction to to this kind of music over there, which is kind of alien and strange to
2: anywhere? It's kind of otherworldly, isn't it? I think people's <laughs> response was shock. <laughs> people were really. Um, I think people really had their eyes open, especially with bands like Orchestra spheres and the All Seeing Hand, who have a really like theatrical and like a really like visual presence on stage. And, of course, touring with Erica Skleners as well, who was Mm. doing the visuals and the installation for each show.
1: DJ Lady Laserlight, have I got that right?
2: I've heard that her name this year is Lazy (laughs) Laserlight. Yeah, so uh, I think people really, really took to it and were just really hungry to see artists from Aotearoa, maybe a place that they don't know so much about or certainly haven't really heard so much music from.
1: So what's COVID done? I mean, has that changed the whole situation for you or anybody else bringing,
2: you know, bands from here over there? COVID was intense. Um, I think we can all attest to that. COVID in China was long, and because the doors were closed for so long, it kind of allowed local Chinese artists to take centre stage. Right. Um, particularly at headline slots at festivals or having those like key weekend gigs at clubs and venues, which actually I thought created a really nice. Um, it, it allowed people on the ground to develop their skills and take that um, opportunity to to perform like more often. Now that the doors are open again and international artists are returning, it's kind of gone back to how it used to be in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, but I think that COVID time was really unique because it did take the local Chinese um, artists to the to the forefront.
1: Which is cool. Are you looking at bringing New Zealand X over back over to China or is your time as a tour organiser over? What do you think?
2: I'm not sure. I think I'm going to keep it on the back burner for the time being. Um, but I am currently looking at bringing Chinese artists to New Zealand.
1: Ah, so the other way around. The other
2: way around. It's really exciting to br- finally be able to bring some Chinese artists who I adore uh, to Aotearoa. Wow. Um, on tour at the moment with me is a dear friend and incredible producer. Her name's Wu Joleng. Um She's an absolute stalwart of the scene. She's been producing music for many, many years, has performed in many bands, and she's going to be performing her electronic live set alongside Kai Shang Dao, uh, over the next few weeks. So it's really exciting to have her.
1: That's really cool. And are you going to be able to come back again with some more acts? Is that the plan? I hope
2: so. That is the plan. Do
1: you feel full of hope or, or, or trepidation? I mean, there's a lot of, gosh, the world at the moment is a pretty mixed up place. But how does it feel in China?
2: I think, yeah, China's not an, not always an easy place to live. It has a lot of modern conveniences and it has a lot of opportunity. But along with that, it does have its challenges, Um, particularly as a foreigner. um, It is a lot more difficult to kind of stay there. And and we have seen over the COVID period, a lot of foreigners have left China. I think there's something like only like 20% of the foreign population left in Chengdu from pre-COVID. Wow. I mean, I I still enjoy living there. I still love the food. I love the culture, I love the people. Uh, We'll just see how that pans out. Of the next yeah, time. I do thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Those are the sounds of Chengdu ambient composer Wu Joling, currently in Aotearoa, thanks to our last guest, Kristen Ng, a.k.a. Kaishin Dao, who was speaking to Mark Amory. And you can find details on Kaishin Dao and Wu Joling's upcoming performances and film screenings on our Culture 101 webpage.